Hey everyone, happy Tuesday. It's Anthony Zenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and Cincy Jungle coming at you live as of Tuesday afternoon, bringing you all kinds of different news and headlines around the Cincinnati Bengals, around the AFC North, and around the rest of the NFL as we get set for the Bengals to kick off everything for week four on Thursday night. Obviously, they are hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars, a big night in Cincinnati. They are honoring the Ring of Honor inductees. They are honoring the 1981 AFC Championship team at that game. And uh, I know a lot of my colleagues and friends and those in Bengals Nation will be on hand in attendance. So if you are going to that game, hope you have a great time and or obviously, uh, you know, go go have some fun and hopefully watch the Bengals win, obviously. So that's what we want to see. At any rate, we've got a lot to get to here today. We've got... A lot of Bengals headlines. We've got some stuff to digest with the AFC North. We've got standings to get through. There's stuff on other, um, you know, other sites that have a 2022 mock draft. There's some power ranking stuff. There's a lot we're going to talk about here. But before we do, just want to remind everybody that we this is one of a number of episodes that OBI puts out. We call this the water cooler chat because obviously if you had been in an office setting at some point, usually there was a little water cooler. You'd go get your your cup of water and shoot the, you know what, I'm not going to pull an Eli Manning and, and curse on the air, on live air or whatever, like he did last night if you watched that. But you used to talk about football, talk about all kinds of stuff going on. And that's kind of what we do here. We kind of powwow and talk about some headlines going on with the Cincinnati Bengals and the rest of the league. This is just one of a few episodes. We've got this episode. We do our deep dive analysis episode with uh, John Sheeran and myself. We do a little bit of fantasy talk with our buddy, the Orange Arrow. We, we're bringing in some guests weekly now to preview the game and get a look on the other side of the fence there. So we're doing that. We're doing listener questions live. We're doing a lot of different stuff and, of course, post-game shows. But we are one of just a, a few of the show's on the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. So if you like our show, you can also check out Orange is the New Black for Mason Zim. You can check out what Matt Minnick is doing on his Chalk Talk episodes and all of that. They are available on your favorite audio streamer. So you can go and check those out, download it how you can. Leave us a rating if you would. And uh, yeah, we appreciate the support there. And of course, you can always, if you like the video stuff, you can try and catch us live on our YouTube channel or after the fact as well. We're on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page. We're in a lot of different stuff. No excuses to not get this kind of Bengals material there. Let's start it off. The Bengals are coming off a huge win, to say the very least, against their hated rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's just start with a little bit of how we got to this nice 24 to 10 win at Heinz Field by the Bengals. And some of the some of the stuff coming out in the aftermath here. Tyler Boyd, uh, this is an article on, on CincyJungle.com. Tyler Boyd set the tone in the win over the Steelers. We'll put this link in the live chats for you so you can check out this article if you have not. Really, Nathan Bagley there of CincyJungle.com kind of notes that physical run after the catch to, to dart into the end zone. He also... Uh, had a nice play early on where he had a you know tough catch along the sideline, kind of got tossed out of bounds. Trent Green on the telecast thought that they, that should have been a personal foul on on Sutton, 
but was not called. And then, uh, you know, he had that nice touchdown catch where he bounced off of uh, Melvin Ingram and dove into the end zone. Really nice play. But the other, the other part of this too comes from, uh, and this is a tweet I will share from Cincinnati Enquirer reporter, Charlie Goldsmith. This was stuff that Boyd was saying both on Sunday and Monday um, basically said the Bengals made the Steelers give up yesterday, kind of broke their will for a team to lay to quote for a team to lay down like that before the game is over. They portrayed it to the whole nation on TV and how they gave up really what he was referencing. There was a bit of the, he was basically referencing a bit of the, the drops at the end of the game. And, and that one play where the Steelers went for it on fourth and goal from like their own 10 yard line, or maybe it was a fourth and 10, they could have got a first down and they throw an inexplicable swing pass behind the line of scrimmage that doesn't even net them a yard. It, it was a really, really odd sequence of events and not ones that we are accustomed to seeing. And I've said this a little bit. If you follow me on Twitter at CJ Anthony CUI and or if you're, you're going to read a post of mine uh, breaking down a little bit of the the win here on CincyJungle.com. Uh, there, there were some plays there at the beginning of the game and really into the third quarter where the Steelers were trying to goad the Bengals maybe into a, a penalty. There was kind of a little late, real minor shove by Mika Fitzpatrick on C.J. Uzama on the first drive. And there, that play I mentioned with Sutton kind of flipping Tyler Boyd out of bounds. That, you know, that was kind of, I guess, questionable in some eyes. And then there was a hit in the third quarter on Mixon after he had a nice gain from Cam Hayward where he kind of dove in late towards Joe Mixon's upper part of his body and, you know, all, all that stuff's on my Twitter account. If you would need to go back and see it or go back and rewatch it, you can see some of that stuff. Um, and, and the Bengals didn't bite. The Bengals didn't bite. And as they were w- continued to beat them on the field with their play, with play, players like Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, et cetera, Logan Wilson making these big plays, they kind of seemingly broke the Steelers' will, which is not something that we can say very often as it goes with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers in this rivalry. So um, at, at any rate, you know, there were there were opportunities for the Bengals to lose their cool. And in instances past, we have seen that, unfortunately, at the hands of the Steelers. And they didn't do it this time. They didn't do it. So kudos to the Bengals. Kudos to Zach Taylor and, uh, you know, other, other Bengals players who have stepped up and, you know, kind of said and did what they were supposed to do here now here speaking of players that that really stepped up and maybe shared a little bit of some some tricks of the trade here this is from bangles.com's jeff hobson and you can see here memorable pregame speech at the hilton mike hilton who has been one of my uh ever since they signed him he's been one of my favorite free agency acquisitions not just because of what he does on the field and he hasn't been the highest producer on the field comparative to their other free agency acquisitions or trade acquisitions. If you want to note Larry Ogunjobi, BJ Hill, Trey Hendrickson, all those guys coming in and playing very well for the Bengals. Uh, Hilton hasn't had the big plays like that, but he's been part of a defense that has played very well. But the other thing that Tyler Boyd talked about here, and and you can find this on since he, uh, I'm sorry, bangles.com. This was, this was a, a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a report here. I'm going to find the the actual quotes here, but Mike Hilton addressed the team a couple of a couple of times here, 
before the game. And here's here's the proper point. I just didn't want to scroll here while you guys are sitting there watching. I don't want to keep scrolling. So this is, again, a Bengals notebook on Bengals.com. You can see here a rivalry shifts. Taylor sent out two players with big Pittsburgh connections for the coin toss. And, of course, Hilton was one of them. And he made a lasting contribution during the week with a speech to the defense and another speech the night before the game in a downtown Pittsburgh hotel that might as well have been the Hilton. Tyler Boyd talked about that in his press conference as well. We don't know exactly what was said. I mean, obviously, there was probably a pump-up aspect to this, but I almost wonder if Mike Hilton divulged a, a few secrets from being on the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they view this rivalry, how they think they can beat the Bengals, and maybe even telling them, hey, they're going to try and get under your skin. They're, that That is the game plan. And there's stuff on film that the Bengals could have, like I said, could have lost their cool and they did not. So Mike Hilton, kind of an unsung MVP of the week. Tyler Boyd said that the, his message and his speeches resonated with the team. And uh, I, I think you can you can kind of give a little tip of the cap. Even though he didn't make the interceptions that Logan Wilson made, he didn't have the touchdowns that Jamar Chase made. He didn't have the sacks that Trey Hendrickson and others had. But he was a guy that was kind of the the emotional or spiritual leader of the locker room for the week. So kudos to Mike Hilton and, and embracing that role. And that's one of the things, yeah, he's productive on the field, but that's one of the things that you wanted to bring in with this guy in free agency, that Steelers mentality, learn how to beat your biggest rival and, and hopefully do so on a consistent basis. So um, yeah, good, good stuff here. I'm seeing some other, some other of you comment on Mike Hilton here. Let's continue on with more aftermath of the Bengals beating the Steelers. This is a nice article from my colleague and co-host, John Sheeran. It's the Rookie Report. He does these and the Weekly Lyman has two great posts on. Uh, maybe we'll start adding the Weekly Lyman videos to, to our YouTube channel. We'll see if, if John would be willing to do that. I think we did that a couple times. At any rate, here we go. Rookie stock report. Jamar Chase, obviously very exciting. And hey, Jackson Carmen, not a bad first start for him going on the road in Pittsburgh and, and playing that defense. Yes, there's no TJ Watt. Yes, there was no uh, Alex Highsmith, but kudos to him. He played pretty well. More on that in just a second. But uh, stock rising, of course, Jamar Chase. This is a, a little bit of a blurb from, from John Sheeran's post here on Cincy Jungle. Four touchdown receptions in three games. Three of them are 34-plus yards. The Bengals had only two touchdowns of 20 plus air yards last year and already he's bettering that by himself so what an addition he has been and then of course Jackson Carmen a little bit of ups and downs here there's kind of an interesting parallel by the way Chase and Calvin Ridley there you can see very similar production in their first couple of games um, he did note stock stagnating with Cam Sample I thought that was interesting he did have a, a sack but um, hey, look, he's coming in there as a rotational guy. He doesn't need to light it up every single snap. He is in there. He is in there on a limited basis, a rotational basis. But if he can get that occasional sack, those occasional pressures, I think we'll take it. So uh, good write up there by John. And obviously continuing the chorus line that some of finally some of these rookies are contributing. That couldn't really be said in the first couple of classes by Zach Taylor, at least not on a consistent basis, not your highest picks. So now you've got Jamar Chase lighting it up, your number five overall pick. You've got Jackson Carmen looking like he's going to get the start on Thursday night, a short week. Xavier Suofilo still nursing 
a leg injury there. So it looks like Jackson Carmen's going to get the start once again at right guard. And we'll have to see what happens there. You know, unfortunate for Suofilo that an injury maybe takes the opportunity away from him. But, you know, he was kind of playing meh football for, for the team. And if Jackson Carmen is a developmental guy that can give you at least that, if not more and grow into a, a you know, a nice player, that uh, might be the direction that the Bengals need to go. Let's keep talking a little bit about Jamar Chase, who, oh, by the way, go to NFL.com and vote for him for the Rookie of the Week. He is up there, as is Najee Harris, uh, believe it or not, mostly because Najee Harris had, you know, the 14 catches for over 100 yards receiving. But Jamar Chase makes history against the Steelers. This is updated. Turns out that Jamar Chase joined even more rarefied air by hauling in two touchdowns today in the Bengals today obviously being Sunday when this was written the Bengals 24 to 10 win over the Steelers Chase is now the youngest player in NFL history to catch four touchdowns in his first three games the man he surpassed to reach this mark is pro football hall of fame selection Randy Moss who oh by the way his son is on the Bengals Thad Moss uh here you go NFL research with two receiving touchdowns today Jamar Chase became the youngest player and first 21 year old in NFL history to have four or more receiving touchdowns in his first three games of the season. So, I mean, I I love me some Panay Sewell, and he's doing some decent things with the, the Detroit Lions, but I think at least for now we can put this discussion to bed. Jamar Chase is doing the things that he was advertised to bring to the Bengals when they selected him and when they were even thinking about selecting him before the, the, the pick was actually made. And he's bringing a dimension to the offense that has not been here for a while. John Ross couldn't provide this because he couldn't hang on to the ball or get onto the field, even though he had that world-class speed. A.J. Green, you know, he missed all of 2019, didn't seem to have that much in the tank. By the way, A.J. Green, nice game this weekend, passing 100 yards for the Cardinals. However, just was not the same deep threat guy for the Bengals last year. And so that had been missing for a, a few years now has this this deep threat and uh, Chase is bringing a new dimension to this team. You got to like what he is doing and uh, really shutting a lot of people up. Got to like that. Continuing on with just more accolades, more marks for the Bengals and just different headlines that the Bengals have uh, been able to achieve in this big win against, against Pittsburgh. And these are the kinds of things too that make it such a big win. You know, people are like, wow, the Steelers team was down. They didn't have some of their best defensive players and their offensive line isn't the same. Sure. The Bengals were missing a couple of important players as well, but it's, it's the fact that they not only took care of business, they took care of business on the road and won by two touchdowns and are kind of getting over these hurdles that are both mental and physical. Like this headline here, Bengals snapped 75 game streak of having at least one quarterback sack. And that's from uh, that's from my colleague Drew Garrison there, a newer addition to Cincy Jungle staff. And uh, you know, I mean, seventy-five straight games of having at least one quarterback sack—that is something that the Steelers have. And, and I think I don't know if it's mentioned in here, but I think the next closest was like thirteen straight games. I want to say uh, I'd have to I have to go look that up, but. I mean, it wasn't even close in terms of who the next team was for for the amount of games straight with a quarterback sack. So good, uh, you know, and then Kelsey Conway tweets out, Joe Burrow said he didn't feel anything on the right side where Jackson Carmen was starting a very good sign for the Bengals. 
Got to like that kind of stuff. The offensive line didn't play a perfect game. There were a couple of penalties. Yes, there were some poor PFF grades along the line, but zero sacks by Joe Burrow. Jackson Carmen will get here in just a sec. Uh, Jackson Carmen having the, the highest pass blocking score of the afternoon for the Cincinnati Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here we go right here. One of my newer favorite Twitter follows Andrew Russell at PFF underscore Andrew R. Pass blocking grades for the Bengals starting O-line versus Pittsburgh. You see Williams had 52.7. Reef, 68. He's quietly being a valuable, valuable player. He left the game with uh, an ankle injury, is still dealing with that. I think the prevailing thought, we'll get to that in just a sec, is that he will play, but we'll have to see. And Jackson Carmen, you see they're barely eking him out for the best pass blocking score of the afternoon at 68.8 by PFF standards. Both quarterback pressures were charged to Spain and with only 22 pass block snaps, a single error really hurts the grade. That makes sense. I mean, they didn't, the Bengals at one point didn't really have the ball very often. They didn't throw the ball as often. Eight, uh, only 18 attempts by Burrow obviously ran a few times as well. So that's, that's where you see the 22 pass block snaps. Uh, Burrow had five rushes. Um, four of those were off broken plays and one was that design draw play where he never was really dropping back to throw. So that's, that's where you get those stats there, but Carmen getting the highest pass blocking grade here and looking like he will get the start once again in, uh, at Paul Brown stadium against Jacksonville. So we will see here, here just a couple more nice scores from the other players in the offense. Again, from Andrew Russell, noting some PFF scores, Joe Burrow having the, the highest graded game of his career at 90.3. Jamar Chase, 77.9. Auden Tate, 73.4. Joe Mixon, 72. Jonah Williams overall, 65.9. So that pass block score uh, dropped him a bit, obviously doing well in the run game to get to get that average up to 65.9. So um, some those are some of the top scorers here and i thought this was um interesting from our buddies over at the right way sports network uh daniel alameda over there shared in a nice statistic uh chidobia Wuzier has the lowest completion percentage when targeted in the nfl 43.8 percent uh proving to be one of the most underrated signings of the offseason a great statistic uh there unfortunately had to leave the game early we don't know if he's going to play uh, that we're waiting on the tuesday practice report and, and injury report right now but uh he may not suit up this week unfortunately just because of the short week but we may be seeing Trey Waynes make his first start as a Bengal since being signed last offseason. He seems to be getting closer. We will see what happens here. But uh, Wuzier playing very, very good football. And you you could see the difference when he left the game with an injury. Uh, I believe it was a groin injury. Um, you could see the difference in the game when he left the game in terms of play from Darius Phillips, Eli Apple. Uh, you know, he's just been a, a really solid player for the team, keeping a lot of things in front of the, uh, the Bengals defense and not allowing those big, big plays. The Bengals are, have not let up a, a play of 40 plus yards, uh, a pass play of 40 plus yards or any play really of 40 plus yards, which is something that has killed this defense. Um, their top five or top 10 and a lot of different defensive statistical metrics, whether that's sacks in the league, uh, quarterback rating, you know, there's all uh, rushing yards allowed. There's a lot of different areas in which the Bengals defense has really kept things in check and kept the Bengals in games 
Um, and, and, you know, you look, you look back at that week two, man, and you sit here and you go, whew, this team very easily could be three, and zero. very, very easily could be three, and zero. but, uh, at any rate, good stuff from the, uh, from the Twitter sphere in terms of some PFF scores, different metrics. Let's, let's, before we kind of move into previewing what's coming up on the Jacksonville game. You know, you, you can look at some of the snap counts and then young players had to step into bigger roles here. Davis Gaither was out there quite a bit. Um, I did see, I did see that. So here are some of the snap counts. This is on cincyjungle.com. You see Hopkins playing hundred percent of the snaps, still some struggles from Hopkins this week, Hilton out there for 88% of the snaps. Awuzier, uh, again, only played the 41 snaps, had to leave the game with that injury. Uh, so Jalen Davis getting a couple more snaps. Of course, Darius Phillips getting a higher increase because of that injury. Eli Apple had to be out there for all snaps. Um, Trey Hendrickson still only getting 72% of the snaps, but making them count. Uh, I, I kind of figured he would be getting a few more snaps, but they're using that rotation nicely. Sample in there. He got the sack for 31 plays. Hubbard playing very, very well. 64 plays there. He had a sack. And then I think he had the quarterback hit where, that uh, ball was was one that Logan Wilson picked off there. So, um, you know, Hubbard playing really, really well. Wyatt Ray getting in there for 15 snaps. DJ Reader in there for 46. This is this is what you like to see here. Look at the look at the four defensive tackles. Just a nice rotation there, keeping them fresh. Reader having a good year. Ogan Joby doing a lot of nice things. Tupo playing pretty well. And BJ Hill, you see there, you got 55% of snaps from Reader. Ogan Joby in there, 69%. Tupo in there, 29%. BJ Hill in there, 40%. Another sack from Hill this week. So, uh, you know, you got to like that. Logan Wilson out there often making plays, 81% of the plays. Pratt out there, 43%. Um, David, as I said, Davis Gaither out there, 54% uh, of the plays, 45 total plays. He was out there in pass coverage quite a bit. Um, of course, the linemen, uh, Jackson Carmen, Quentin Spain, Jonah Williams, all had uh, 100% of the snaps. I mentioned that Reef left the game briefly with an injury, still played 96% of the snaps. Prince in there, uh, a couple of jumbo packages where Prince was in there. So he had seven plays, and then he came in in, re in relief of Reef. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Uh, Joe Burrow, of course, playing 100% of the snaps. So, you know, mixing in there, 74%. P. Ryan in there, a quiet 10 snaps. Evans in there, five snaps, had a couple of nice catches. Uh, Bell and Bates playing 100% of the snaps. So um, Boyd in there, 79%. Mike Thomas in there, 21%, getting more looks because T. Higgins um, not, not in this one. So at any rate, just kind of an interesting uh, set of snap counts and all kinds of different things pointing to not only the Bengals kind of unfortunately accumulating a few more injuries, but also their their trust in these rookie and year two guys making the next nice leap going forward here. Here, let's transition into what's shaping up. The, this is a different article. Um, the Bengals are just opening as touchdown favorites for Thursday night football. So um, I've seen it. The line also at 7.5. This was as of this morning. So I apologize. I pulled up the wrong um the wrong initial article here, but the Bengals are opening as touchdown favorites or a round, a touchdown favorite Thursday night football, a little bit. I, this is a game they should, they should win. There's going to be a lot of emotion to this one, but short week, big win off of a divisional opponent. I just hope there's, there's, there's not the trap game thing going on here. Uh, 
I, I don't think there will be, but ugh, just makes me a little nervous. Makes me a little nervous. I've seen I've seen too much Bengals football, folks. I think that's that's my problem. Here is the injury report. Um, I think this one was as of Monday. I'll take a quick look as well to see if a Tuesday injury report has uh, come out here. But you can see here this was as of Monday. Uh, kind of some defensive line and offensive line issues for Jacksonville, though. Roy Robertson, Harris on the defense, Cam Robinson and Andrew Norwell on the offense, all were limited. Trey Herndon full. So uh, you would see here if the Bengals were practicing on Monday, Awuzie would not have practiced, um, nor would have Bates with a neck injury, which is a little concerning. T. Higgins still nursing that shoulder injury. Riley Reef with that ankle. Maybe that would be a, a little bit more of a veteran rest. We'll see. It's sounding like Suofilo is not going to get the start, especially after what they saw from uh, Jackson Carmen this last week, and then you see a couple of limited guys on defense. Now Trey Wayne's being limited is a good is a good sign, but we will see here. And we now you know you've got uh, Awuzier, you've got Phillips, and you've got Wayne's all on the cornerback uh, <laughs> the cornerback injury report. That is not good news. The Bengals need to get um, healthy at that position there, and hopefully all three, if not definitely two of those three will be playing, but that is as of Monday. So, um, you know, the Bengals are a little more banged up right now at, uh, than, than they were going into this season. I don't, I'm going to take a quick peek to see if there is an injury report here, but we're going to keep rolling on. Uh, if someone does happen to see it, uh, tip me off if you could, because I'm, doing a lot of different things on the air right now, but we'll keep, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Uh, speaking of Tyler Boyd and his interesting and controversial to some comments about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Steelers kind of, uh, I don't know, the Steelers kind of folding at the end there, the couple of drop passes they, they had that fourth and goal where they just did a swing pass and uh, you know, not just very uncharacteristic with the Pittsburgh Steelers, very uncharacteristic. Well, Mike Tomlin was supposedly asked about that at a uh, press conference today um, in response to it. This is from the Twitter account Steelers. Now Let me pull this up for you all here And this. Uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know what else you would have expected him to say, but Mike Tomlin was direct when here's the uh, Steelers. Now, uh, head coach Mike Tomlin was direct when asked about Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd's comments suggesting the Steelers gave up late in the game. Quote, I don't care about Tyler Boyd's opinion regarding what transpired at any point in that game. Some folks are saying this is bulletin board material for the rematch later in the year. We'll see. Uh, but I, you know, I don't really expect Mike Tomlin to say much else besides that nor uh, do I expect him to be pleased about hearing what Tyler Boyd had said about that. But that is a little bit of uh, what, I don't know, what he uh, what he had to say about that. Not, <laughs> I'm sure he was pretty displeased a little bit on that. Uh, I'm not seeing, I'm, I'm looking for uh, a couple of different things here. I'm not seeing something I'm specifically looking for. So I'm going to keep moving on. But before I do, I want to tell you all about our partnership with Symbol. And Symbol is the stock market for sports. 
And not only is it a must play for all of you who do fantasy football, who do survival football, by the way, Cincinnati, I'm sure is a popular pick this week in survival football, but you can also, by using the promo code OBI, of course, short for Orange and Black Insider, you can get a free week of Symbol Gold when you use that promo code, sign up with, with your deposit there. Now, Symbol, you can, if you play the stock market, you're kind of, you're used to the idea of buying shares in specific things and uh, either hanging on to it for a period of time, selling them off quickly, whatever the case may be, but this is an opportunity for you to either make a long play, a long-term investment in a particular team, whether that is the Cincinnati Bengals, whether that is another team in the NFL, what if it, whether if it's, it's a college team, basketball's coming up, all that kind of stuff. They do all the sports. So it's not just relegated to the Cincinnati Bengals and the benefits that you get from using our promo code are not strictly to the Bengals. But go to symbol backslash uh, symbol.app backslash OBI. I think I put that in the live chats here. Go there, use the promo code OBI, get that free week of symbol gold. I know a lot of you, when we first partnered with symbol earlier this year, uh, invested in the Bengals, and you probably look like a very smart person at this point in time because you probably have made quite a bit of money on your investment there, especially as they sit here at two and one. So go to symbol.app backslash OBI symbol, of course, being spelled S-I-M-B-U-L-L. And it's the stock market for sports. If you play fantasy football, like I said, if you play survival, if you do stuff in the stock market, you got to you got to check out symbol. It's it's fun and you get some perks by using our promo code. So go check it out. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Continuing on with the Steelers and some news there. Not the happiest of times in Steeler Nation, as evidenced by Mike Tomlin's comments there. This is just a little bit of roster news. They signed Derek Tuzka. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, he was elevated from the practice squad for week three um, and played more than half of the defensive snaps. This is on behind the steel curtain there. Uh, they waived Jameer Jones with the promotion of linebacker Tarek Tuzka uh, to the 53-man roster. So a little bit of roster news there. And obviously they're trying to do some things at the linebacker spot, at the edge rusher spot, and and they're just a little decimated at the, you know, the front parts of their defense and they're trying to make um make some moves there 
Speaking of Jamar Chase being uh, up for the NFL's Rookie of the Week award, so is Browns uh, Browns defender Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Uh, Koromoa, rather. Um, so he had a uh, they call him JOK. He was one of the top defenders that helped the Browns defense make history against the the Bears on Sunday. Did I did I read somewhere that the Bears had one net passing yards based ba- based on sacks and all kinds of stuff? If so, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, vital role in limiting Chicago to 47 net total yards and one net passing yard. I was right. Oh, my gosh. Both the lowest a Browns defense has ever held an opponent to. Um, he had four tackles, a quarterback hit, one tackle for loss, and two passes defensed did the second-round linebacker. So he is uh, up for the Rookie of the Week, and you can go to NFL.com to vote for – I would hope you'd vote for Jamar Chase if you're a Bengals fan instead of a Browns fan. But, hey, you know, he played well for the defense, so uh, kudos, kudos to him looking like a good pick by the Browns there. We've talked about how the Bengals have a big night honoring their ring of honor and, and unveiling that on Thursday night against Jacksonville. The Ravens have had one for a little while longer and Haloti Nada, one of their best defensive players, um, probably a guy who will be in Hall of Fame contention. I would think Haloti Nada is going to join the Ravens ring of honor. Um, Big guy out of Oregon and uh, played very, very well for them for a long time. And uh, so he's going to join the Ravens ring of honor is Haloti Nada. So a little bit of Ravens news there. Uh, And then a friend, a guy who made a stop, a brief stop with Cincinnati last year, was a nice veteran presence on their roster. This is also on uh, BaltimoreRavens.com, courtesy of Ryan Mink. Josh Bynes is joining. He's he's kind of been on their practice squad. He was a late ad this summer. He is joining the 53-man roster. Nate McCrary is returning to the Ravens practice squad. So Josh Bynes, a guy who played significant snaps and games with the Bengals last year and was a nice presence, a calming presence with all of the rookie linebackers the Bengals collected last year. Bynes goes back to Baltimore and is uh, elevated to their 53-man roster as of this week. So um, familiar face. He, we'll see what happens if he's still there when the Bengals face off against the Ravens in one of their first two coming up here. But uh, Bynes is with the Ravens and is back on their 53-man roster. Going to some NFL, this is this is a little bit of AFC North slash nice segue into full-blown NFL news, but th- it's mock draft season already. Did you know that? <laughs> We're in week four and CBS Sports is already doing a, a 22, a 2022 NFL mock draft. The Steelers, and the reason this is just kind of jumped out at me, of course, is the Bengals beat the Steelers. And there's a lot of talk about Ben Roethlisberger's future. Is he done? Is he done in Pittsburgh? What will they do? And they do not have a succession plan in in place for Ben Roethlisberger, clearly. So now the the Bengals uh, kind of are starting a little bit of chatter for the Pittsburgh Steelers grabbing a quarterback talk. You see here, Kayvon Thibodeau. If you don't know him, you, you know for those who don't watch Pac-12 football, he is a stud defensive lineman out of Oregon. Um, It's just a a really, really athletic player. They have the Jets picking first overall, and they take Thibodeau. Um, Jags get uh, offensive line help there with Evan Neal from Alabama. 
Uh, Stingley Jr., the star cornerback out of LSU, going to Houston at pick three. Lions getting a defensive lineman, DeMarvin Leal, uh, with with their pick. Let's kind of uh, scoot down here. Gi- Giants having back-to-back picks. They're both going defense. Um, they have the Bengals slated at pick eight, so we'll see. And they have them picking a safety out of Notre Dame, a big safety, 6'4", 219, Kyle Hamilton. And I think the um, – you know, the, the deal there is about Jesse Bates. Now I will say this, I don't believe this pick because the Bengals traditionally do not pick safeties in the first round. Last one, I think I can remember, uh, they, they, they use the second round quite often on, on safeties, Jesse Bates. And, um, you know, they, they've had Medea Williams and others that they've picked in the, in the second round. Uh, I, I don't really see this being a, especially a top 10 pick, if the Bengals were to land in the top 10, I don't see them taking a safety as the, as the top 10 in the top 10, they would probably wait and, or they probably still want to try and do something with Jesse Bates franchise tag him. So that may wait, but they do have the Bengals taking uh, the, uh, Hamilton at number eight. And then they've got Matt Corral, the Ole Miss quarterback um, going to Pittsburgh at number 10. So they have the Steelers pretty much finishing with, a better record than the Bengals at this point. Um, but they do have the Steelers taking a quarterback, Matt Corral out of Ole Miss, uh, 6'2", So, uh, and it says here, the write-up is Corral has the tools to be a Lamar Jackson slash Trey Lance slash Josh Allen type quarterback, but he's still incredibly raw. The time is now in Pittsburgh, however, where he can, where we can envision a situation where Big Ben returns. So we will see, by the way, we've also seen Big Ben make physical and, on field play type of rebounds that not a lot of quarterbacks have made. So there's a lot of season left. Uh, It looks not great for the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. I will say that, but uh, we have seen Ben Roethlisberger come back from a lot of different things to play at a high level. I'm not ready to fully count him out, even with what I saw this last week. Here's a power rankings post from CBS sports as well. Pete Prisco uh, usually does these and he is he's the one who does this one too he usually is is pretty generous to the Bengals in terms of where he places them he was pretty harsh on them he had them in the mid and late 20s I think even after their win but he has them having the biggest positive jump with the Steelers having the biggest negative jump here you see eight spots for each right there Bengals jump up eight in his list Steelers drop eight spots in his list he's got the Rams as the number one team right now the Cardinals right there, also at three and zero. He's got the Packers at two and one, right there. Bucks at two and one, drop a few spots. He had them at the top. Where are the Bengals and the Steelers? You ask. The Bengals jump all the way up to number seventeen, uh, eight spots. As I mentioned, he writes at two and one. They have to be one of the biggest surprises so far after dominating the Steelers on Sunday. Now they have another winnable game at home against Jacksonville on Thursday. Uh, he has the Steelers dropping to twenty second. Uh, this is a bad team right now. The offense doesn't scare anybody. In fact, it's a downright mess. How did they beat the Bills? I think that's kind of a uh, majority sentiment there in terms of I, I don't understand how they went in there week one, but we've seen teams do things on week one that, I, you know, they, they there's some there are some frauds in week one. I don't want to necessarily call the Steelers frauds for that win, but uh, we know that sometimes the results in week one don't always – 
tell the tale of how the rest of the season goes. In fact, I think I remember a Panthers team that went one in 15. I think they won a handful of years back with like Chris Winky that uh, won the first week and then didn't win. Again. They lost like 15 straight or something. So, uh, I mean, strange things happen all the time. Let's uh, let's do one more. I think I've got another power ranking one here. Let's do one more power rankings. I see that so many people of you, so many of you are liking these power rankings. That's a little bit of sarcasm, but that's okay. Here are, this is on NFL.com. They have the Rams one there, Bucks two, Packers three, Bills four, um, Chiefs all the way down to six. They have the Browns at eight. Um Raiders at nine, they're three and zero. Oh, crazy, crazy game uh, with the with the Raiders this week. They have the Cardinals at eleven, at three and zero. Oh, so quite a bit of a discrepancy between CBS Sports's ranking and um, where where NFL.com has them. Uh, Titans at fifteen. Here's what's interesting: they have the Vikings at sixteen, a one and two team, whom the Bengals beat in Week One. So. They had them jumping the Seahawks all the way down to 17, dropping eight spots there. And they have the Bengals at 19 up from 26. So they did move them up. Um, they moved them up, you know, seven spots. So that's that's nice. And here is the, the rationale here. Entering week three, only one team had allowed more sacks than the Bengals. This was a terrible trend, especially coming off of 2020. Man, they just, they can't pivot off of this narrative here, especially coming off of a 2020 season in which number one overall pick Joe Burrow suffered a gasoline knee injury due to faulty blocking Sunday's 24, 10 win over the Steelers was a huge step forward for the team and an offensive line that allowed zero sacks to a Steelers defense that had registered at least one quarterback takedown in 75 regular season games, which we had talked about earlier. Of course, Steelers played without their best pass rusher in TJ Watt, but the Bengals deserve credit for addressing their biggest concern while picking up a huge victory against a division opponent. Cincinnati can build some honest-to-goodness momentum with the winless Jaguars up next Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, 19 there and uh, 17 on the CBS Sports one there. So um, that's kind of the consensus at this point right now. Just a couple of other headlines before we hop out of here. Well, we're also going to give you a look at all the divisions too, so you're caught up on where everything is at in the NFL. Uh, big game on Sunday, uh, Sunday night. Tom Brady is not looking to reminisce on Sunday. Quote, I'm going to be thinking about one night of football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady go into Foxborough to play Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and the new look Patriots. So Brady being very businesslike, as we expect. Bill doesn't even want to talk about Tom Brady. He wants to talk about other people. So just a very intriguing game. I'm sure it'll get high ratings, high viewership as the Patriots go uh, host the Buccaneers and bring back Tom Brady for a, a very, very exciting Sunday night matchup. Uh, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag for New England this year, for sure, and with, with Mac Jones. So um, we'll we'll see how that one plays out. A little, little bad news than good news on this one. Kind of scary. Andy Reid, Chiefs head coach, uh, had a hospital stay following um, the game on Sunday uh, was not feeling well, and then he he is back, but he had a health scare. Um, I don't know. He was feeling ill. I don't 
you know, obviously if he was released and around the team and stuff, I don't think it's a COVID thing. Um, so, uh, he's, he just was not feeling well and, uh, went to the, went to the hospital and was released Monday and is back in Kansas city. So glad to hear that, uh, coach Andy Reed is doing better, uh, after going into the hospital shortly after the game on Sunday, kind of scary stuff. Last but not least, let's talk about the let's let's give you a picture of what's going on with this is the AFC and we'll we'll go over to the NFC in a little bit here. You see the Bills are on top after dropping that game against the Steelers in the opener. Uh two wins, one loss, and they've really tipped the scales in terms of points forced points allowed in their favor. Uh so they are atop the division. The Dolphins, one and two, um, lost a, a heartbreaker. Tua was out last week. He's got the rib injury. So, um, you know, they're one and two. The Patriots, as I said, one and two. They're not really impressing a whole bunch of people. And the Jets are a lowly 0 and 3. Zach Wilson showing some struggles. Uh, 20 points scored and 70 points allowed. Whoa. That is not a good statistic for the New York Jets. AFC West. You've got the Raiders and Broncos atop the division at 3-0. Raiders have had two overtime games in their first three. So exciting season for them, to say the least. The Broncos look pretty solid. You see there, look at the point differential, 76 points scored against 26 allowed. That is going to be a tough game for the Bengals later in the season. The Chargers at 2-1 playing pretty well. Look at the differential. They're only seven, though, 67 points scored 60 allowed and then the Chiefs scoring a ton of points but allowing a ton of points sitting in the cellar at one and two had a tough start to the season they played the Chargers and the Ravens to kind of start off their season but and then I I think the Browns was the first game too so they've had uh, three tough games to start the season I expect them to to right the ship a little bit there AFC North your Bengals are on top here uh based on Points allowed, I think, is kind of what the uh, where they have you. But I mean, they're tied up top with the Ravens and the Browns, all two and one, and the Steelers sitting in the cellar at one and two. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's going to be a tight race here, and the Bengals are making it a lot more interesting than I think a lot of people figured they would. Um, we'll see what happens the rest of the way here, but everybody, at least most of them, at two and one are uh, are feeling pretty good about things at this point in time. And then AFC South, the Titans are up top two and one. Pretty pretty awful division here. One and two are the Houston Texans. The Colts are 0 and 3. Jaguars are 0 and 3. And of course, the Jaguars go to Cincinnati this week. And then on the NFC side, we had a Monday night game uh, last night between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Eagles played awful. Uh, Cowboys took it to them. Uh, they are up top two and one. Another kind of blah year for the NFC East one and two one and two oh and three um following the Cowboys there NFC West a pretty competitive one here three and oh Rams three and oh Cardinals two and one Niners who lost a heartbreaker to the Packers on Sunday night and then you've got the Seahawks at one and two NFC North uh, I mentioned the Packers just uh eked that one out against San Francisco so they are up top two and one after getting shellacked in week one Bears at one and two, their only win against the Bengals. Vikings one and two, they did lose to the Bengals. Uh, and then you've got the Lions, who the Bengals are set to play in a few weeks. They are 0-3. They they should have had that game against Baltimore. It took a miracle kick 
by Justin Tucker off the crossbar, a 60, NFL record 66-yarder off the crossbar and bounces in at the end of regulation to win that game. Bengals play the Packers also after the Jags there, so they're going to need to get a win here and uh, heal up for that one for sure because now the Packers are starting to feel pretty good about themselves. So the Bengals need to get a win here, heal up, take that long uh, extra few days there and, and get healthier and, and try and take care of business against the Green Bay Packers that also at home. NFC South Panthers are 3-0. They're playing really well. Um, you know, 69 points scored, 30 allowed. Buccaneers still playing pretty well. Uh, took took a loss there. They're at 2-1. Saints are 2-1. Hard team to figure out is New Orleans. And then uh, the Falcons are 1-2 there. So pretty competitive division as well in the NFC South. Those are your standings right now across the league as we – uh, as we close up shop here. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for uh, you. Those of you who tuned in live, those of you who did not uh, catch it live, you're always welcome to, if you are, if you're able to catch us, uh, catch us live, we would love to have you join us live, but uh, otherwise get it after the fact on your favorite audio streamer, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the big ones. Leave us a review if you can, whether it's for our show, whether it's for the other great shows on the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network, please leave us a review. And so uh, we would appreciate that. And then, of course, if you like the video stuff that we do on Orange and Black Insider, subscribe to, I think it's right over here. There's a little icon. You can click that. Of course, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new stuff is available. And hey, if you, if you like what we're doing, give us a thumbs up on these videos. We appreciate that. But uh, we just appreciate you hanging out with us, listening to some news about the Bengals, the NFL, all that. We've got a lot more coming to you this week. So keep it to us. Keep it to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel. And, of course, keep it to cincyjungle.com for all your Bengals news, opinions, analysis, all that good stuff. And we will keep feeding you all kinds of material. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks.